Good morning. This one's just a quick little um, snippet, um, more or less give you an insight into something that is foundational, at least for me. As I've said before, I'm in a number of courses. Um, I'm a yoga kara madhyamakan practitioner, which means I'm kind of not anywhere within the spectrum of Buddhist or even Vedanta, Advaita. So I'm in one of my courses Sunday morning. And how I got in this course is I have a, a teacher that I respect so much. He's an Advaita scholar, world-renowned scholar, Swamiji. And when he interviewed the professor of this course, he said he was even more of a scholar of not just Advaita, but also Kashmiri Shaivism. Now, why this is important is because very soon we're going to see a change in what we're doing. I do believe that people are going to get tired of them stripping away the sufficiency from any of these programs, these protocols, so that they can seem special. I'll give you an example. James Nestor's Breathe. I've read it. It is not worth the paper it's printed on. This is a perfect example. This gentleman will take, um, not him, but there's a bunch of them. There's a YouTube channel that he just promotes, but breathing, but pseudoscience garbage for the most part. <clears throat> like I said, I was in a class who said lucid dreaming is awesome, but pranayama might be okay. Breathing might be something you have to watch out for, but lucid dreaming is something. Just giddy up. So what am I talking about? So Buddhists and uh, Vedantins, right? Advaita, Kashmiri, Shaivism don't usually mix. Okay, but if you look at Advaita, it once again looks like it might have been influenced by Yogacara and Madhyamaka. So Buddhism won't really, for the most part, admit, and this professor even said uh, that, yeah, they tend to be uh, made fun of, <clears throat> even though they have an understanding that's beyond a lot of these other teachings. So what am I getting at? I had a teacher... Uh, who adored my question in so much that we share the exact same thing but on different ends of the spectrum. So I'm going through um, his notes, this professor, while he's, he's speaking, and I caught a little glimpse of something called Amala Vijnana. Now, it jumped out for me because I've mentioned it before. I looked up Amala Vijnana because of how foundational it is to our understanding of what I feel is possibly missing from Buddhism, but certainly enriches the experience. Amala Vijnana, when I looked, I couldn't find it. The, the closest thing to information were in other languages, particularly. For me, it was French. Explained it a little bit better. But again, because this is a... It's um, a consciousness, a perfected consciousness.
So think of it, um, I've talked about the Alaya Vijnana, which is the storehouse consciousness. Also something not um, um, supported by all sects, but within Yogacara, Madhyamakan, Tibetan, the Tantric, a lot of the Mahayana, because even within Asia, they just change the names of it. But they do have this idea of a perfected consciousness. So imagine the um, achieving cessation. So you no longer produce <clears throat> these bija, the karmic roots, but you still have this storehouse of previous um, latent impressions, as we've talked about from the Gita. So once you drain that storehouse, then you can achieve this perfected consciousness called the Amala Vijnana. So this is just before Nirvana. The reason why it's foundational and transformational is the argument uh, has, not an argument, but the discussion revolves around whether this is a synergy. As I've said before, I love the Lamrim Tibetan and, and the Madhyamaka and Yogacara because it's a synergy of the Buddhism that came before and um, kind of uh, gave birth to the Buddhism that came after. Uh, something similar can be said about uh, Advaita or Kashmiri Shaivism, or maybe they themselves influenced Buddhism. But there is a discussion that this um, understanding of the Amala Vijnana, what allows an Advaitin or a Kashmiri to feel comfortable with Buddhism. So this teacher is a Kashmiri Shaivism, a practitioner of Kali, um, but he's a scholar of Advaita and Shaivism, world-renowned scholar. So when I mentioned, when I had read, well, sorry, I apologize. What I should do is actually just read what he wrote. So he said, some friends have started an insightful conversation upon the state of pure consciousness. To what extent it can reconcile with the Trika Shaiva concept of Swatantriya, and whether the Ajati or non-origination model of Godapada or Nagarjuna is the best framework for addressing this issue, and whether the uh, we don't have to but talking about uh, moksha, vimarsha, freedom, um, liberation. So this was from, I think, a couple of months ago, but it was absolutely apropos because he was talking a lot about uh, the different meanings of moksha within the um, sh uh, Shaivism, sh Shakti um, practitioners. And he goes on to say, since this is a learning platform, we should be open to ideas from all disciplines. In my own journey... I have not just reckon, reconciled. I have not just reconciled the teachings of Advaita. Not all the models, though. And again, I agree. You can't fix all the models in anything. With that of Trika Shaivism, right? So he's reconcil reconciled the teachings of Advaita with Trika uh, Shaivism. That's not a big surprise, and Shaktism. But he's also found himself comfortable with some of the Yoga Karmadhyamakan ideas, particularly the Malavidnana. 
these concepts where consciousness is not a temporal object. This is not to say that there are no subtle differences and no primacy even in his own choice. He says his personal choice, he's call a practitioner. So what we're talking about here is um, oversimplify a Hindu practitioner becoming com comfortable with the Buddha, uh, his teachings, in particularly this Yogacara Madhyamakan. And what is it? So I was in another class and they're reading a book about um, early Indian Buddhism. So they're learning, well, not early Indian Buddhism, but it's called Indian Buddhism. And yet they're talking about Nagarjuna and his criticism of the Abhidharma. And they have a hard time understanding it. And I won't go into the, the issues with why they were having a hard time understanding it. But um, it, it's simply what we're talking about here. The Abhidharma will state that nothing is permanent, impermanence, and everything's temporary, just like the minds. Each mind, each citta, is born and passes away. So what Nagarjuna says, really? Well, if everything is born and passes away, what is the first cause, right? This idea of cause and effect, this dependent origination. So what is the first cause? All he's saying is you're wrong to think you have any of the answers. He talks about the Chetiskoti. It's uh, the Tetralemma in Greek. It's not this. It's not that. It is this. It is that. It's neither this or that. It's both this or that, all at the same time, this idea of a superposition or this great doubt that I've constantly talked about. So, of course, I asked my question for him to maybe talk a little bit more about the Amalavijnana because I explained how foundational it was for me as a Buddhist uh, to find the Amalavijnana, which is not commonly discussed. So please, I, I ask you to look it up or even let's discuss it because I think it's important I was working on one uh, aspect, and I think this may be even more important. Because for me, the Amalavijnana, I think, is missing in Buddhism. In Advaita and Shaivism, what is permanent? Brahman nature, or to become one with Shakti or Shiva, you know, Shiva. All one, Kali is all one. These ideas of a oneness. It's in Buddhism, in this equanimity and this compassion for self and others. And then we even have this arguably, Im, this arguably permanent thing called the Tathagata Garbha, this Buddha nature, this storehouse of our Buddha nature. If it's not permanent, I don't know what it could be, but it's hilarious that we won't just accept. I'm not asking them to accept a greater power like a Brahman nature. But if you understand this, these couple permanent, they're not permanent, they're not going to last forever, but they hang around you while you're still attached to this wheel of becoming. So you have this storehouse consciousness, alaya vijnana, which is responsible for these preferences, responsible for this self. Once you drain that, you're still within samsara, but you can have this perfected consciousness, this amala vijnana. This is prior to a complete and total liberation, stepping away, that nirvana. So naroda, a cessation, leads to a perfected consciousness, not directly 
to nirvana. That comes later as a choice and as is taught. Because arguably, if you look at the 40-some years that the Buddha taught, he was not in nirvana. He had his final parinirvana. But what he was, obviously, was in the Amala Vijnana. So he had drained his storehouse consciousness, right? He had given that up long ago. And he had ceased producing more outflows, or these karmic seeds, bija, drained that Amala Vijnana, um, Alaya Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, and now he's left with a perfected consciousness. He's not, he's still here. He's still using a consciousness, right? Because he has not left the temporal world. So how is he operating? He's operating with this perfected consciousness, this Amala Vijnana. And as I said, this is what's missing, right? If you're supposed to um, devote oneself and be confident in uh, truth, if everything is impermanent, even your devotion would then be. I think this solves some holes. If you look at the Amala Vijnana, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the idea of the permanent consciousness, but it's not permanent, right? It's, it's something you can access. Again, this Amala Vijnana is not even as permanent as Buddha nature. The Amala Vijnana is just the result of ceasing these outflows, stop attaching and aversion and, and ending ignorance. You achieve this perfected consciousness. It's only temporary as well. So there's, I don't see, I don't see the reason why it's not accepted because it fills so many holes for me. Um, if I'm supposed to transcend the self and become uh, part of a greater whole, a system, uh, the equanimity idea, uh, and I'm not at all religious or spiritual in the sense that I'm looking for a, a greater power. I just personally think that if, if you're going to minimize the self, you have to see oneself as part of a, a greater system. So I don't understand why they're so averse to this idea that there is, um, honestly in this case, maybe not the permanent idea, but they need to be more comfortable that, uh, I mean... The difference between some of these different traditions are no greater than the differences between some of the sects within these traditions. In fact, the differences are even uh, far less severe. So I think looking into the Amala Vijnana, because as a practicing Buddhist, I see so many Theravadan practitioners and Tibetan practitioners now, um, having their students bring uh, yoga practices, right? I've said this before. It's common that they bring this in. But I've given this example. If you went to a karate tournament and you didn't succeed, your sensei wouldn't tell you to practice some, I don't know, try some taekwondo. 
your sensei would tell you to practice the fundamentals of your karate. And the same should be said of this Buddhism. Instead of us being comfortable bringing in a tradition from outside your, um, say, your gurus, why don't we just look at how within a lot of these traditions there were these uh, different practices? I mean, yoga was common to a number of the different schools. I mean, even even in Pure Land uh, or Chan, I mean, when they're, they're doing their walking meditation or even their mantras, they're doing a form of yoga, right? Because they're trying to yoke that mind, jhana. So... I don't know. Uh, in, in, a, in an age of term wars, here's another word that has just gone missing. And uh, it's foundational, fundamental, and uh, formative. It really is. When you learn about the Amalavijnana, Yogacara, and Madhyamaka, you get a deeper understanding of what our goal is. Our goal is not to transcend anything other than oneself.